beginning. Ah. It's always funny that sometimes you start at that. It is always funny that sometimes you start at that angle. Um, especially when you used to give me crap about taking pictures from that angle, like all the time. But admittedly, I used to take really terrible pictures of myself, so I got that going for me. Anyway, my wife has informed me that I need to start the... Yeah, that angle. My wife has informed me that I need to start the show uh, by telling everyone what happened this morning. Also, welcome back to the Z show. Yes, that's the thing. Uh, That's the thing we're doing right now. So this morning, we so we have an Echo Dot, and usually we use it for, like, to ask it, like, the weather, and... That's kind of it, honestly. Like, we would use it for more things. We have, like, the smart light bulbs and whatever. But anyway, so it was, like, reading us the weather or whatever, and it, like, reads you the temperature. It tells you what the high is and what the low is. So this morning, Claire was getting ready for church, and I was, like, dead asleep. And so she asked the Echo what, you know, what the weather was outside, and it said, you know, the high today is, like, you know, 91 or whatever the high was. And it said the low for today is 69. So me, dead asleep, was like, nice. And so Claire thought I was awake, so she tried to come and wake me up, and I, was, I wasn't I was awake. According to her, I was dead asleep. And I don't remember doing that or saying that. So apparently now it's just reflexive, and I'm just like, nice. That's amazing. Which is also the only way to celebrate any kind of achievement, milestone, or goal uh, in RuneScape. Is you tell someone about it and they go, nice. It's the, it's the like, sort of community picture of, um, of the guy fishing. And somebody asks him, is like, what's your fishing level? And he's like, nine or something. And everyone around him just says nice at the same time. Nice. So anyway, we're not here to talk about either of those things. They're just little, little things. Your little trivia for today. The tidbits. The tidbits. It's we don't have a bit. We have only tidbits. What Uh, are we here to talk about today? We're here to talk about JRPG. The power of friendship to kill God. Yep. That's basically what you do in every everything most and admittedly that's mostly because not necessarily that god is evil in a lot of those although there are sometimes but it's usually some crazy guy like a clown for instance or some guy who just really wants to be a one-winged angel is like you know what would be fun becoming god so like <laughs> so he becomes god as one yeah does. and you have to, it's like a villain who gets godlike powers that you have to kill it's it's not i mean i would i would need to take a I guess, a, a fact check on that for the number of JRPGs and the plot for each of them, but I'd be willing to bet that most of them are of that formula, instead of there being, like, sometimes there's a pantheon of gods and there's an evil god who, like, usurps everyone, and then you have to kill that one. It's not usually, like, oh, hey, let's kill, like, the the god who was good or whatever in this world. Like, usually. Usually. Unless yeah. you get tricked into doing it, which is also the case sometimes. Which happens a lot, because a lot of JRPG characters are stupid. Yeah. Especially in, uh... Well, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, so... In Shadow of... Col- Sorry. In Shadow of Colossus, 
would it be a JRPG by that standard? No, it's only an RPG because oh. you're by yourself. Okay, that makes sense. No one cares about your feelings. Your own wife doesn't care about your feelings, or your girlfriend, or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Shadow Classes. We're here to talk about your RPGs. Um, so what? What kind of like knowledge do you have about JRPGs? Like how? Like roughly? Like if you had to give like a complete like ballpark estimate number, like, like roughly how many JRPGs would you have at least? Would you have at least started playing? Hmm. I think it'd be easier for me to list them by name than by number. Uh, Golden Sun, Golden Sun Lost Age, Golden Sun Dark Dawn. Uh, I wait. They made the Golden Sun games. Yeah. Yeah, it's about the kids. Um, it's about the kids of all the main characters. Um, and it's for 3DS, or not 3DS, it's just for DS. Um, I never finished it. I never finished the first Golden Sun, but I did beat Lost Age. Um, all the Pokemon games, we, you know, those are, we'll talk about. Those, those are JRPGs. They're JRPGs. Um, what other games? I have started some Final Fantasy games. Uh, Breath of Fire 2, Breath of Fire, didn't finish either of those. Um, sword, I don't know if Sword of Mana counts, or Chrono Trigger, is that considered JRPG? I think Chrono Trigger is. I would I would say yes that it is. Okay, then, then Chrono Trigger, which I've, I've beaten. Um, Tales of Symphonia, I started... Uh, Bait and Kados and Bait and Kados Origins. I would I'd consider those JRPGs more because of art style than play style and and theming, I guess. Theming. Theme. Okay. Um, that, might, that might be it. There might be more. <laughs> and then if you count all of the Fire Emblem games, then all all of the Fire Emblem games that I played. Yeah. Fire Emblem, especially specifically since, like, you, there's a lot of, like, using the power of friendship to kill God, who is a dragon, or yeah. to kill a dragon who is trying to become God, or to kill your sibling who is a dragon, or to kill your sibling who is a dragon who is trying to become God. Yep. The popular thing. There's a different item that's the Fire Emblem in every single game. Not true. Some games don't mention the Fire Emblem at all. Is Which the Fire most, Emblem like the most tri- commonly it's a shield, I think. What what is it? What is the Fire Emblem? Yeah, what is the Fire Emblem? Because it's a different thing in each game, and I don't know of any specified powers it has. Usually it's a shield. It's just like a symbol? N- the symbol is different. The symbol that it is is different every time, also. So it's nothing like the Triforce. No, it's not like the Triforce, which is the same in every single Legend of Zelda game. Ever. Yeah. It's just like a thing. It's the nebulous... Like, this is... the Nebulous MacGuffin. Yeah. I mean, that's actually the perfect way to describe it. Is the nebulous MacGuffin for reference? Because I I got asked this uh, multiple times. A MacGuffin is like an item or a, or a thing 
that exists solely to move the plot, to advance the plot. Uh, so it's like a staff or like a an amulet, things of that nature. Abby chimed in all of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. The, so yeah, for popular culture reference, uh, the Infinity Stones and. I almost, I, I almost said Legend of Zelda: Infinity Wars, but I stopped myself. Um, in, uh, in all of Most the most uh, crossover event, in all of the Avengers movies, uh, the Infinity Stones are my uh, object. Um, regardless of which Infinity Stone, like, you know, they're all, in in the end, they're all MacGuffins. Yeah. But point. Okay, so I have like kind of a lot of experience with JRPGs. Unfortunately, I have the like, like I sort of mentioned last last week, I have the habit of like starting games and not finishing them, and a lot of JRPGs are have like ended up like that. Because a lot of them Octopath are just, Traveler. Sorry. They're just, was... Yeah, no, Octopath Traveler especially. They're just so fucking. They're so long. Like. They're so long. Like, because there's just so much stuff to do. All the time. But, I like, I like JRPGs. Um, so, I mean, on that note, what, what, what do you think is your, your favorite? If you had Uh, to pick one favorite. Probably Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. That's my go-to for a lot of things. It's and so, mostly so because it, the, great it has really extensive endgame content. And uh-huh. it was the first Fire Emblem that I played. So it set the stage for me enjoying the different... Seeing how the different uh, relationship aspects of the game could affect the fighting capabilities of the characters. And I thought that was really cool. Okay. I was like, wait a second, you can make them have higher crit by being friends with each other? Yes! <laughs> yeah, that's how it works in real life, too. Yeah. Best friends. Um, I mean, that's how it works for me, anyway. Okay. Uh, so what... If we're not... Because I knew you were going to say a Fire Emblem game... Discounting, not to discount Fire Emblem, but discounting Fire Emblem. Discount Fire Emblem. There, we got the title for the next Fire Emblem game. Um, not including Fire Emblem, what, uh, what is your favorite JRPG? And hmm. I, I think I know what you're going to say to this one too, but I'll ask, I'll ask for the audience. It's a toss-up between the Bait and Kados games and Chrono Trigger. Really? Mostly because of experience. I I have the most experience with both of those, but I did really like the Bait and Kados games, and they were fairly well-written. That could be Nostalgia Vision clouding my judgment, but... Because a lot of people hate the Bait and Kados games, say they're garbage. The combat was different, Odd. but I liked it. I thought it was cool. It was it was deck-based. Um, right. Which, which I thought was cool. I, I was fine with. I liked the I, I liked the graphics and 
everything except for the very like the final fight in the first game, which made no sense. But everything up until that point was really good. So I was fine. So the, the final like, fight, like what about villain, it made no sense? There's a villain you kill halfway through the game who's kind of a minor villain, and at the end of the game he shows up and is like. I've become one with the world. I'm omnipotent. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just you and one other character who are Does in the make fight. That noise? Yeah, because he one of his attacks, he's just this giant head poking out of the ground, and one of his attacks is that he hits you with his tongue and he has laser vision and none of it makes sense. Laser vision? Yeah, it's really weird. Because you have this really intense, crazy yeah. final fight with the villain that it's been driving up to. The like the game's been ramping up to this whole time. And you finish that fight, and basically everything's good, and then you just have this random throw-in extra fight at the end with this minor villain who somehow... Because you killed him in some mine, and he fell into lava, and somehow that made his soul merge with the world. Like, it just, As one does. Yeah, it, it was really weird. And admittedly, I, I didn't finish playing that game. Rachel and I both got about halfway through it and then she finished this is part of your extra content dlc huh i said rachel's one of your sisters that's part of your backstory yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's part of the secret backstory dlc but she because it's a long game uh she played through and finished it and i just watched her finish it so is it a long game or is it long by jrpg standards long uh long game Okay, so it's actual long. There's about, it's, I think it's about a 120-hour game, because it's on two discs. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. That's you have to play through the long. whole first disc, and then you have to play through the whole second disc. It was on GameCube. A lot of fun. I played about halfway through the second game, and then, which was a prequel, and then I stopped, and then I tried to come back to it, and didn't know where to go, and so... I would have to revisit, but I liked I liked the combat system a lot. The with the cards and the deck battling. Yeah. Okay. So, since we've already like pierced the sacrilege that like saying Final Fantasy VII isn't the greatest JRPG ever made because it's not I've, not by I've a long also, shot. I've also never played it, so that it's it's of... not not by a long shot. Like. I'm just I'm just gonna say it. It's it's not. Uh, not even close. Um whose feelings. I'll hurt whose feelings? Our viewers. Well that's good because I don't care. Uh, I would I would probably say Well I'm not sure. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna saying my favorite Pokemon game would, would kind of be a crap out, so I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna say that. Um, but discounting Pokemon in, like, my favorite JRPGs, like, of all time list, I would probably say Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, that's definitely the one that I spent the most time playing, almost for sure. Actually, no, for sure. Um, because I played it, I played through it, like, several times. Like, five or six times. I really like the characters in it. 
Um, the thing I don't like about it is that you like have to marry off kind of every character in your party. And so some of the writing, especially towards the end, feels really like forced. Uh, but other than that, it was it was very good. Like I enjoyed it a lot. Um, the tactics are good. the The class system uh, is very well and div- well done and diverse. Diverse, the diverse. Um, but I I enjoyed it a lot. Um, so on. On kind of the other side of the the coin, there. What is what is your least favorite JRPG? Least favorite JRPG. Whether it's like the writing is like the writing is bad, or the you know this is bad, or that's bad. You know what? What is like the low bar? And we'll we'll narrow this down to only JRPGs that you played. The first Golden Sun. <laughs> well, I would probably say the same, but why? Just because of conveyance, and maybe maybe I'm a new weeb, but I you you get to a point really early on in the game where it's not clear where you're supposed to go. There's there's nothing there's no objective or uh, nothing saying go visit this town or anything or and it's it's an open world, but in it's kind of open world. It's not yeah. Yeah, like it, it parts had, of the map are like blocked off because you're like not a high enough level or you're not like yeah. They 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 give some there's like some guard or something and they give you some reason that you can't be there yet. Yeah, so in in that way with the paths being blocked it's I guess a bit metro like metrovania or a, a better a better comparison would be Zelda 2: The Adventure of Link in terms of you have this map and some areas are blocked, but you're not really sure why or how, and it's, you know, top-down map for a lot of stuff, and you, you know, get into random fights, etc. So, but in both, of, in both of those games, it's not clear where you're supposed to go. That's true. Uh, Castlevania, uh, Simon's Quest has that problem. That has been well-documented. Is like, no where do I go? Yeah, basically, because uh, all the stuff that uh, people say to you is super cryptic and makes kind of generally no sense. Um, on that note, like, what? Uh... Well, okay. So actually, on that note, my favorite JR or least favorite JRPG is probably. See, I definitely had one, and I was definitely going to say Golden Sun, but to avoid, like, just agreeing with you, I'm probably going to say, well, no, see, I don't know now. Because I, I want to say Golden Sun. Like, Golden Sun was was a good game, but had a lot of problems. That I like wasn't wasn't about. But I I think 
you know, of course I'm gonna get I'm gonna get shit for this, but but Final Fantasy VII, and probably because well, probably because, or or at least in large part due to like I played it like after everyone had been like, oh, this is the greatest RPG like you'll or JRPG like you'll ever play in your life, and like you'll you'll like never want to play another JRPG because it won't be as good, and that. That game has a lot of like nostalgia blinders for is 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 the nostalgia blinders for a lot of people because it's not like there's nothing exceptional about it. No, nothing in that game stands out to me as like as the standard for like what a JRPG should be. So so I'm I'm going to say Final Fantasy 7 and sort of just like nail myself on the cross doing so but that I've, i mean that that's how i feel to the cross yeah, not in the I, cross i've never played final fantasy 7 i've only played final fantasy 5 uh the remake on game Boy advance two, so two japanese 2 american 4 because the numbering system got screwed up uh is my favorite Soul and Cain and the the crystals. I was trying to think of other JRPGs that I had played, but I can't really think of any. Or if you can, they do not. They do not stand out. Yeah, um, unless you count the Mega Man Battle Network games, but I don't know. I don't think. Well, okay, so. This is this is a good a good segue into into the mechanics. What is a JRPG? What other than using the power of friendship to kill God? What like what defines a JRPG? Like this game's an RPG. This game's an action game. This game is action adventure. But this game is a JRPG. Like why? It seems that JRPGs have at least loosely. Turn-based combat is a, a big aspect of it. Very heavily story-driven via dialogue. Um, and usually, you know, the killing the big bad at the end. I mean, that's in a lot of games, but it's, it's you, usually the big bad is some kind of overwhelming force that has either existed as some kind of primal force or is a villain that has been building up to become that throughout the game. At least those are some some common threads. But I would say from mechanics, the turn-based combat and very heavily dialogue-driven story is what so I would say. So one thing, one thing I think that you're missing in that... Uh... Is having a party, is is yes. having like a party, part of that or not really? Like you don't need a you don't need a party to be a JRPG, or do you? It would seem yes. Yeah. Basic basically all of the games. You you just. I don't know what you said. 
I was asking if Pokemon count as being in your party. Yes. Your Pokemon is your party. You're just the... In that sense, like, the god forces... Like, you are the... The the god and voice inside your head, or whatever, like, is the... You act as that, in that sense. Yeah. So, I think... Yeah, a party. So then, the Mega Man games would not be... The Mega Man Battle Network games would not be JRPGs, then. In that sense. Because you're, yeah. you're, you're only one person? Yes. Okay. The whole time. I've, I've not played the Mega Man Battle Network games. I've, I've heard you talk about them before, and you've like said they're good, and I believe you, but... I don't know from personal experience. Um, okay, so... In terms of like good and bad mechanics, like what are what are like objectively good JRPG mechanics? Like you need this to have a good JRPG game. I like flashy. Oh, mechanics. How would you like subjectively or objectively? Rather. Objectively, objectively, objectively good mechanics. Like, yeah. Going stuff going back, that everyone has been like, this is necessary. Going back to Golden Sun, I don't think it's necessary for JRPG to be linear, but at the same time, there is a certain aspect of linearity that needs to be there, I think. For instance, uh, in Octopath Traveler, you can accidentally walk into this section of caverns where all of the enemies are 20 levels higher than you and you just get one shot. Mm. And I think that makes for an unpleasant game experience where you especially in a game with random battles where you can't right. you can't gauge whether or not something is going to be hard until you randomly encounter it which is weird well yes and that's that's also different than like than a game actually being hard like the game isn't hard because it's difficult the game that makes the game hard because they it's not explained or it's very loosely explained why these enemies are killing you in one hit. Yes. So I think there does need to be an an aspect of linearity or at least a a warning or something like a sign it for for an area if a, if a game is sort of nonlinear or Metroidvania-esque where there's retracing uh, to, to areas for extra content and such, there, there should be stuff saying, like, only the most hardened of travelers can go through here or something like that. And I, I can't cite any specific examples, but I think there are games that have done that that are in the JRPG category. Um, but uh, I... I would say a good. I, I'll I'll go with linear, most mostly linear game design then, because of the the leveling system that is in in those games. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I think. Um. What? Oh. Um, I think uh, uh, to have a good JRPG objectively, there needs to be 
a a strong focus on and Octopath Traveler sort of suffers from this, unfortunately, because there are so many characters, hence like Octopath, eight uh, different main characters. Um, but I think there needs to be a strong focus on the relationships between the characters and like while, why they're on this like massive you know journey of friendship to kill God. Because if they're just sort of tangentially related, tangentially, thank you, related, um, then you kind of don't care about them. And if you don't like, if you don't care about the characters in your story, then like, like say you're reading a book and you don't care what's happening in the book, you're not going to keep reading that book. Like, if you don't care about it, you know, why keep reading it? Right? Yeah. yeah. Admittedly, that is a, a bit of the problem that I had with Octopath, is when I first started playing, I started playing as Therion, who apparently a lot of people hate, uh, but... He's I, the thief, I, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I, re I really liked it, um, and, I, and I got hooked with the mechanics and story and everything, because I hadn't played a JRPG in a long time, but then mm -hmm. as I went along and got the extra characters, and realized that their stories Are weren't related. connected to each other at all, I was, I still liked the mechanics that you got from picking up those characters in your party, but mm -hmm. I was not not emotionally invested because I I didn't see that the it, they were traveling together, but it didn't it didn't mean anything. Right. Whereas, and that's that's admittedly why I put Octopath Traveler down. Like there will come a time I'm sure when I pick it back up again, and I'm like, okay, like let's give this another shot. But that was why I put it down in the first place, is because I I couldn't get invest I couldn't care about the characters, yeah, um, because they were just sort of like essentially like random people hanging out together. Yeah, and I enjoyed each of their individual stories, but it still felt kind of st stilted in that way. As a yeah, as a counterpoint in Fire Emblem, when you pick up new characters. It makes sense why they're joining you, and there's interesting, I at least, even though there's not always a ton of dialogue, there's sufficient dialogue where it makes sense that they join you. As, especially in parts where you convince an enemy troop who is introduced as a, a special potential ally for you, and you have the, the uh, your main lord or whatever talk to them and be like, hey, you look like you don't want to be fighting for the bad guys. And they're like, no, I don't. Like, I would love to join you. Like, you know, it's... it. Or you could take the crazy person philosophy, which is, if you're red, you're dead. <laughs> Mostly because in-game uh, enemy troops are designated by red, and uh, ally troops are designated by blue tiles. So... But I, I I would agree with that. It there, the character relationships have to make sense, or there has to be, there has to be some kind of character development, even if it's a little bit. I'm I'm fine if even there's just a little bit. Yeah, and that's that's something that I've come to like about. Um, I recently picked up uh, because I had one of the the weird Nintendo voucher things, which I'm not even sure how 
like I don't know how the program worked. They just like announced they were gonna be like people were gonna be getting them, and then like you could use them on specific Nintendo games. And so they like sent me an email, and they were like, "You have one," and I was like, "Okay." Um, so I picked up Fire Emblem Three Houses, and I picked it up because I was really disappointed by Fire em- the the Fates games, so Birthright Conquest and Fates, because they were like very sloppily written, and the difficulty curve was like, wow, it was just way like all over the place like birthright was way too easy and in conquest like the prologue fight is obscenely difficult so like what is happening and then fates was like supposedly in the middle but you get characters from both sides and the the writing in that game is a is a disaster in all three of them is, is a disaster uh so nobody has any idea what's happening but a million hap- things are happening at once and you're supposed to care about all of them and there's you don't care, like, because because it's all it's all a bunch of it's all a big mess. Cannot stand. It's it's a circus, um, but with, and it was so disappointing because Awakening, the game before that, the first Fire Emblem game on the 3DS, which I want to say was a launch title, I would have to look into that. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's the 3DS launch title. It was it was a big deal when it came out. I think it, it the okay to give you perspective, 3DS launch titles were Super Mario 3DS and like the Ocarina of Time re-release. Super the 3DS Mario 3DS is an old DS. system. Are you or, thinking Super Mario DS for the original Nintendo DS? Maybe. I think you okay, are. Th- okay, maybe I'm thinking of the then. It, are you thinking Super Mario 3D Land? Was it just the Ocarina of Time one? Because I know the. I know they re-released some. That was a launch DS. title. Yeah, they released some some game for the 3DS. Yeah, sorry, I got the Super Mario, I got the Mario 64 re-release mixed up. Yeah, which was called Super Mario DS. Uh, that's 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 another uh, another question for another day. But okay, yeah. So the 3DS is 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 pretty old by this point. I mean, it's still it's a good system, but but it yeah. it it's showing its age. Um. But anyways, so Awakening came out, and Awakening was beautiful. It was fantastic. And I know you have a 3DS, and if you haven't played it, play it. Because it it lives, dies, and breathes old-school Fire Emblem, while giving you, like, the quality of life kind of enhancements. Yeah. And, and yes, I've, I've complained about this before, not on the show, but I've complained about this before, how, like, you can marry off every single character, and sometimes the dialogue is for those interactions is really forced, but it's not necessary to do so. Um, the only character that is necessary to marry is um, the king, um, who will automatically marry someone as part of the story uh, right before, before and during the time skip that happens, because there's always a time skip. Um, not in every game. What game doesn't have a time jump? Uh, First Island or uh, Game Boy Advance, Sacred Zones. Um, some of the earlier ones. I think I need to look. I think Path of Radiance might have a time skip. Maybe not. No, no. Path of Radiance doesn't for GameCube. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, the really uh, Shadow Dragon doesn't have a time skip. Of the very first Shadow. Fire Emblem game. 
Oh, yeah. the first one. The, okay. the DS re-release. Okay. okay, so some of them don't have a time skip. Uh, I but I guess that's a, a newer thing, because I haven't played um, Awakening onward. Yeah, so Awakening has a time skip. Birthright, Conquest, and Fates have a little one. Um, and apparently there's one upcoming in Three Houses that you reach, like, sort of halfway through the game, uh, where it's, like, five years pass, and then, like, the country is at war or something. I'm, I'm not sure yet. I've only... I only have three hours into the game, and I've done two battles. Well, Yeah, so there's a huge... This one sort of went in a direction where there's a huge focus on uh, character interactions and relationships. And there's three different kind of parties that you can join, and you pick one very early on, and you become, like the leader of that party. I don't want to give away too much of the game, but um, you become, like, the leader of that party. And then you can potentially recruit other other members from the other parties to your party. Um, but you have to have good enough stats to do that. So, like, some, some of the other characters will prioritize that you have, like, a really high faith stat, uh, which is white magic-based. Or a really high, like, strength stat, or really high dexterity, or whatever, like... So if you have higher stats in those areas, those characters are more likely to join you. Uh, you can recruit them to your party. Um, but there's also a lot of, like, kind of side questy kind of things that, like, allow you to build your reputation as a character... Uh, which builds your authority stat, which some characters uh, hold priority in. Um, and there's a lot of like little mini-game things here and there. It took, and I know you haven't played uh, Conquest, Birthright, and Fates, but it took sort of the base-building aspect that was kind of a side part of that game and sort of blew it up into this... Bigger, but at the same time more focused, kind of in-between missions thing to do. So it wasn't like, just fight, 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 some story, fight, 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 fight some more story. Um, so it, it gives you something else to do, and it, it takes away from the staleness of like, you know, being burnt out. Like we talked about last week on being burnt out, like playing the same game, doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so this allows you to sort of like rotate between doing different things. And and to be fair, if you like the original Fire Emblem experience, that's just fight, 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 story, fight, 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 fight. You can uh, automate all of the other side stuff to just happen, like on its own. Oh. Which which I think would. Len, which I don't do, so I, I don't I can't say one way or the other. I think that would make the game a little bit harder uh, because you don't know before a fight. Like you'd have to spend more time before a fight, like sort of researching what character classes are, like what characters are picked, which class, and where they're going in that kind of regard, um, and sort of like what characters are holding what items, and like what's going on, like why are we fighting here, like. To sort of get some of the like meat of the story instead of just these are some bandits they're bad kill them like I think uh, if I got it I would 
probably play through with an aut automated, and then just for contrast, because you're playing through non-automated, and then we could compare notes, and then I'd probably play through with the... Well, the interesting, the interesting thing here is a lot of Fire Emblem games that had multiple save files before had, like, three. Yeah. This game has ten, including an autosave. So, like, I'm definitely going to play manually, for lack of a better term, okay. uh, once with all three houses. And then yeah. I might, I might when, I, when I'm done with that, I'll probably start over with a fourth save doing an automated version of the first house I played as. I picked uh, the Blue Wolves for reference uh, to anyone that, you know, has already started playing. Um, because chivalry. Uh, so I might I might do a playthrough as the Blue Wolves, but totally automated to see sort of what the differences are, um, and what choices they they like force you to make even with the automation. Um, but it has a lot of really good mechanics in it. Um, it's it's a little daunting for people that aren't familiar with JRPGs and uh, and it's Fire Emblem especially, uh, it can be a little bit uh, much to get into because they throw a lot of information at you really fast. Um, but in terms fire of... Hose. What? Like drinking from a fire hose? Oh. I didn't say Fire Emblem hose. Like, that would have been weird. <sighs> It's a common expression. Don't give me that look. I no, you can't say that's a common expression. No it's one has ever said. Expression. People say drinking from a fire outside hose. Outside sources. Outside sources. When you're inundated with information. Outside sources. Is drinking from a fire hose a common expression? I've never heard anyone say that. I've I've. <laughs> Apparently, Claire's heard it all the time. I've never heard anyone say that. Like, drinking from a fire hose. I've, I've never heard that said. By anyone. Ever. Um, so, for all I know, you're all in on this, this trick. <laughs> if you've heard drinking from a fire hose as a common expression, leave, leave a note in the comments and tell me I'm an idiot. Uh, I'll, just, not you. I'll just send you, I'll just send you a... Like a, a I'll I will ignore reading etymology and instead play try to play five clicks to Jesus. Um, fun fact. Uh, for reference, uh, five clicks to Jesus is you pick a random Wikipedia article and do all the hyperlinks that Wikipedia is fond of. Uh, you try to get to Jesus Christ in five clicks. I've known that about. Or six steps to Hitler. Yeah, there's also six steps to Hitler, which is the same, but instead of Jesus, you you get Hitler. Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Any person that's seven people away from Kevin Bacon. Ninety-eight uh, degrees to the band. Ninety-eight degrees. Ninety-eight degrees would be would be far too easy. Uh, fun fact: they did almost all of the soundtrack for Mulan. Like, all the pop music that's in Milan. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I had no idea. They're Spanish, also. Fun fact. Um, 
Like, yeah, like, from Spain, not, like, hmm. Mexico-Spanish. Anyway, uh, completely off topic. So, I think, I think bad mechanics in JRPGs are, well, objectively, when, when character relationships are ignored, obviously, as I, as I kind of just said. But, also, when, And this is kind of this is kind of along the lines of what I just said, but I'm gonna like explain it further. When too much information is being thrown at you at once, like when they when they teach you how to play the entire game at once, yeah, like, thing you will ever need at once, which is which in the size and scope of JRPGs, especially now, is way too much information. Like, yeah. I think anytime you encounter a new mechanic or like a new mini game or like a new, you know, whatever class, whatever, they should they should give you some kind of like this is how this works or this is the beginning of how this works. It's up to you to figure some of it out. And admittedly, in some games, some earlier games, they didn't need to do that because the mechanics were simple enough. For instance, uh, like. In Fire Emblem Sacred Stones, I don't remember a lot of prologue or introduction for certain things. A lot of times it would just tell you, like, this is a mounted unit. They can move this number of spaces. Uh, they use these weapons. And that, that was it. it. But that was weapon part of just... triangle was popular. Yeah, the weapon triangle. Speed, that was uh, Axes beat swords, swords beat lances, lances beat axes. Right? No. Axes beat lances, lances beat axes swords. Axes beat lances, lances, lances beat swords, swords beat axes. Right. Yeah. Um, and they actually sort of did away with that in Three Houses a little bit. Um, but that's kind of, that's another, that's another, like, sort of nitty-gritty topic. I don't want to spend this entire episode talking about Three Houses. So a, um, a lot of that information was just there. But should we talk about what series would make or how we could turn other series into JRPGs? And what okay. that would look like. Okay, well, what was your idea for that? My Okay, well, the one that I thought of was, what if Call of Duty was a JRPG? And I'm not sure what that would look like mechanically, other than... It you... would be Fire Emblem, but all the units would be ranged units. Yeah, with guns. <laughs> uh, except for the one guy who uses a knife, and he can move, like... He can, knife. He can move 20 spaces instead of the... He can move, like, four times the amount of spaces that other people can in a turn. Or he can move there's and attack no, and no, move again. There's no minimum range requirement for the gun, yeah. for the, the ranged units. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be terrible. I'm, how? Oh. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. This, this is how you turn Call of Duty into a JRPG. You would get community points. There would be like a, you know how League of Legends has the honor system? There would be that, but for the voice chat, when you're playing online with strangers, and you would get points based on if you were nice to people, and based on how many compliments your team was giving each other so, <laughs> during a multiplayer game, you would get like additional health or like accuracy or something. So each... So each person would control a single member of the party. Basically. So it's, that it's sounds just, horrible. It's the same it's the same multiplayer shell of Call of Duty, like first person shooter, but you have to have good relationships with other people in order to succeed. 
That sounds horrible. And knowing the Call of Duty community, that would fail so, so hard. So hard. As a side note, Call of Duty community, what's wrong with you? You need help. Because Okay, honestly, I played Call of Duty World War II online, because I really liked Call of Duty World War II. I enjoyed it. And the online aspect of it is, like, was interesting to me. Um, and playing it was fun. But if I had a dollar for the amount of people that over voice chat said that they had had sex with my mother, I would never work again. Ever. I would never have to work again. And I didn't even, and I didn't even get to first prestige. That's how, that's how, like, little I played it online. I would never work again. One dollar. What is wrong with you? Like, calm down. Yeah, it's it a is. Game. It is quite odd. And admittedly, like, I know my wife is rolling her eyes because, like, I'm saying calm down. It's a game because I, like, get really frustrated about, like, Dark Souls. Um, but it's Dark Souls. Like, come on. Like, it's it's Dark Souls. Come That's on. the point of Dark Souls. The point of Dark Souls is to get yeah, frustrated it's, and quit. It's, it's the, the two minutes of hate you get. Hmm? Like in, uh, is that in A Brave New World? No. Oh, in 19, 1984. There's the, the two minutes of hate that people get. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, I thought you were talking about A Brave New World as the game of Brave New World. And I was no, like, no, no, like Aldous Al- Al- Huxley is A Brave New World. Right, right, right. Okay, the book. Culture. It's required. Um, Live okay, action. so so is Call of Duty your pick for a terrible a terrible if, idea? If you were to adapt it into a JRPG, yes. So are we trying to pick things that would be a bad JRPG? Or at least difficult to turn into a JRPG. And still keep the core really of their... good idea. They'll keep the core of their gameplay. Because I have a really good idea. Okay, well, say your say your good idea. My really good idea is Magic the Gathering. The Planeswalkers okay. are like the members of your party. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, especially with like the Gatewatch kind of story arc. Um, and the the uh, the Eldrazi story arc. And then like Nico Bolas is obviously the big bad that you fight at the end because he is a god kind of. Um. I, I think that would be a good idea. You would you would do it, of course, in the in kind of like a Fire Emblem vein, because characters like. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think it would be more Final Fantasy because you wouldn't be able to reclass characters. You wouldn't like they would be that that class, and like they would just get stronger. Um, games the that other... would be terrible to turn into a JRPG, though. Uh, Frogger. <laughs> I don't know why that was the first thing that popped into my mind, but I was like, Frog. Pong. Pong is a JRPG. JRPG <laughs> Pong. Um, no, but seriously. Uh, I think... Um, oh, pa- oh, Paddle Chan, I've always loved you. <laughs> um, uh... <sighs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought of Frogger. That was my first thought. No, that's that's really good. That's really good. 
Um, JRPG uh, Jet Set Radio. I could see that. Honestly, I could see that. Like a, a, a World Ends With You vibe. But it would take away the core of like what Jet Set Radio is. Like, it would take away the entire core of the game. True, but you. I think you could still. I. I think you could emulate the feel, but it. It wouldn't be Jet Set Radio. But I think you could make a JRPG that felt like Jet Set Radio. St like stylistically, the the art, the music. I. I think you could have that. You just wouldn't have the the movement. Either that or Jet Set Radio, where JRPG elements were included, like random encounters. Like you still had to do the tagging and everything and explore, but you just include random encounters. Okay. So who would who would the big bad be at the end of the Jet Set Radio JRPG? I I think the same. The that the Rhinoceros Corporation thing. I haven't played it in a long time. <laughs> I don't remember the name. <laughs> It's that's basically it. Like, I'm not gonna give any more context than that. The Rhinoceros Corporation is the is the big bad in Jet Set Radio. Um, to be honest, though, Professor K would be the secret unlockable character. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Okay. So, sort of. I want to say really quick, but I don't, I don't, like, I don't want to truncate this part of the conversation. Uh, Pokemon is a JRPG. Fact. Um, yes. A lot of people dispute that. A lot of people say, no, it's not a JRPG, like, but it is. Especially, especially X and Y, because you use the power of friendship to capture God. Yeah. And he hangs out in your pocket like a mint or your cell phone. And even a Earl and Diamond, you carry you capture the embodiments of space and time. Just casually. As a, as an aside note, like I will ask you, but as an aside note, Diamond and Pearl are my least favorite Pokemon games. Really? Pearl was not a really a side note, but this was gonna be the next thing that I was gonna say. You you were surprised by that? Yeah, because Pearl, Pearl was one of my favorites. I, okay. I, and it, it was one of the, like, coming off the heels of Emerald, I loved the endgame content with the uh, with more legendaries and stuff. Um, I, I thought it was really fun. I, I liked it. Okay, let me ask you this, then. How many HMs are there in Pearl and Diamond? I don't know. Eight? Eight. There are eight HMs in Pearl and Diamond. How many moves can a single Pokemon learn? Four. How many how many HMs are good in battle? Not very many. Waterfall. Roughly. No, not waterfall. Sorry, not waterfall. Uh, surf. Surf is really good in battle. Okay. What what others are good That's it. in battle? That's surf. it. Just surf. So one one of seven. Maybe. Or one. Yeah. One one of eight HMs is good. So, 
and I don't I don't know about this. So I I always oh, fly. Sorry, fly is good in battle too. Only if the opposing Pokemon doesn't know thunder. <laughs> um, because it gives thunder a one hundred percent chance to hit if the Pokemon is up in the air. That's cool. So okay. I didn't know about that interaction. Learn something new every day. Uh, also, Earthquake uh, is two times as effective against a Pokemon uh, using Dig. dig. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I want to say also Dive, but I'm not sure about that. I'd have to check on that. Um, but anyway, so point. I always felt like... Like, I always ended up with a Flyer on my team. So I always ended up with somebody that knew Fly. And there's... In every single game, there's... There's like the quintessential water Pokemon that you kind of need that has that's very strong, whether it's the starter or just one you pick up along the way to no surf. But I always carried like, and in my party, like I had like an eight gem slave Pokemon that knew like cut and like rock cut, smash, smash, yeah, like the garbage it, ones it that you never used. down the rock smash was an HM. Honestly, I thought that was dumb. Strength also in some in some games, strength is very is very good, um, yeah. and you teach it to like a ground or a fighting Pokemon. Um, but the problem with Diamond and Pearl is there were so many that I had a separate HM slave Pokemon that I kept in the Pokebox. So every time I needed to use one of those like random like, rock climb or something? There was one about, like, climbing? I think so. Sounds about right. And, and, like, so I would have to, like, like, stop, basically stop playing the game, go to the Pokemon Center, like, remove a, 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 a necessary member of my party, making my entire party weaker, pull out this, like, useless HM Slave Pokemon, only to access, like, what is almost always a, a small part of the game, like an extra item or like a, a certain area that only has a couple Pokemon in it that are like kind of rare. So yeah. that's that that is why to me Diamond and Pearl is in in this case Pearl because I have Pearl version is the is like the lowest of the series for me. They got rid of the HMs and Let's Go. Right. Let's go Eevee and let's go Pikachu, which I thought was good. I thought it was a good change. They sort of did that before Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu with okay. Sun and Moon. Okay. Sun cool. and Moon uh, changed a lot of the formula, to be honest. Um, the changes were refreshing, but they didn't sit well with everybody. Uh, the yes. removal of gyms was was a very like hot button issue for a lot of people. Um, but they introduced, like, ride Pokemon that you unlocked as you progressed in the game, sort of like the same way you would unlock, like, the ability to get HMs. Yeah. Um, they unlocked, like, ride Pokemon that you needed at certain times. Uh, so, like, you can call a Charizard to fly you to a specific location, like, at any time, or you can, like, call a, a Tauros to, like, charge into rocks and break them out of your way. That's cool. um, but you can do that, like, on the fly. Like, you don't need to have that Pokemon in your party. Um, but, unfortunately, the only move that they kept as a move you could teach your Pokemon was Surf. 
but admittedly that was like always the best one. Yes. So you and win Kai, some, you lose some, I guess. Cut was so bad. Cut was awful. Was marginally it had, it had better than fifty tackle. PP and thirty power, I think. No, fifty power, thirty PP. Oh, okay. The numbers. Yeah, problems. marginally better than tackle. I would say my favorite Pokemon, though, is... I don't know. I want to say I want to say Sun or Moon. Well, Ultra Moon. Because I, those are the ones I've most recently played. I... But I might say... I want to say Blue version. Because I... I mean, the original games are like the... The quintessential like Pokemon experience. They're and they're good games. There's, they're they're just, they're good games. Like hands yeah. down. Um. So I might say, <clears throat> I think blue version. Um, I could probably do some of the like the hacks, like getting the Mew, and um, the level one hundred Gengar, uh, before you fight Brock. Uh, I could do those, like, backwards, like, with my eyes closed. Um, but even, even before that, like, blue, red and blue version are, are, like, that's, because they're just Pokemon. It was, it's, it's before the, you know, like, the, the, all the, like, kind of, like, side competitive mechanics about, like, what what is it called the the IVs. IVs and EVs like you know maxing out you know if you and admittedly try to get five hundred of the same Pokemon and you breed it you know six ways to Sunday and none yeah. of them are perfect so you get rid of all of them. I would need to look, but I think the IVs existed in that game, but because there was no breeding, they're like, and because there you couldn't check on the IVs and stuff, like I think they existed, but it wasn't. As it wasn't as crazy, especially because there were only 150 Pokemon. Right, that sounds that sounds right. Uh, and technically, there's 151 because Mew does exist in the game. Yeah. Uh, but you have to you have to like hack to get it. Not not hack, but there are like some some weird things you have to do uh, to get to it. Yeah. Um, so, and that was that was kind of. A thing I had a I had a full on uh, conversation with somebody about this when they released um, red and blue and yellow, admittedly, version on the Nintendo eShop for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Is one of my friends got red version and I got blue version, and we were at we were at school uh, on campus one day together, and he was like, "Oh, hey, like, where are you at in Pokemon?" Because he saw that I was playing blue version. And I was like, oh, I'm, like, right after Lieutenant Surge. He's like, oh, that's where I am. Like, let's, like, let's battle. And we had a really good time, like, Pokemon battling. And it wasn't, like, you know, it wasn't this, like, huge thing where, like, you know, he had a perfect Charizard or whatever. Like, it was just Pokemon. Like, it was just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't about, like, oh, he all his Pokemon, like, have perfect IVs. So they're, you know, they're stronger even though they're all level 50, you know, whatever. And so, well, yeah, so that to me is like, like you can't be blue version and red version, like the originals, like that's, 
you know, that was the game that you always went back to, was the original. But besides that, um, once they, once they, um, the, the re-release of Ruby and Sapphire, Omega Sapphire, mm-hmm. I didn't really like the base building kind of mechanic. That was, that was always weird to me, and just like, oh, it wonder trading. No. As far as I remember, it didn't do anything. It was right. just there. It was just there. It was like it was a collectathon. Yes. Collect all base decorations. Yeah, I, uh, but, I remember that. But wonder trading, and I have probably like five hundred hours in Y. Like if I if I fired up my DS right now and like clocked it, I think it's yeah. like five hundred some hours. But almost all of that time is spent away from playing. Like probably there were probably a hundred. So a hundred odd hours actually playing Pokemon, and the rest of that time is me like wonder trading a bunch of Pokemon and like doing other things like eating lunch or like you know cooking or baking or you know playing other games while I'm playing Pokemon like wonder trading stuff away. Yeah. Um. But wonder trading was an interesting mechanic, uh, especially with like the invention of the internet. Um, and being able to connect your connect your machine to the internet and just like trading with a random person, like and I know some people are one of our friends got super lucky wonder trading, and he wonder traded like a pathetic, like something something pathetic, some like like a Caterpie or something, and in return got a a Mewtwo holding a Master Ball. So some people like crazy lucked out wonder trading. That's funny. What was uh? What's the most other than other than Let's Go? What's the most recent Pokemon game you had experience with? Uh, it would have been would have been Black Two. I almost forgot the Black and White games existed for a minute. Yep. I think I had Black. I want to say that I had Black. Also, uh, one of. One of, if not the only, Pokemon games to have a direct sequel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it. I think it's the only one to have a direct sequel. Yeah, and Gold and Silver are sort of direct sequels, in that the characters what? from the first game are still there and they're older, and you know you run into the main character for the first game. So he's the Pokemon yeah. League champion, isn't he? Or well, he? no, not really. He's he's on the top of a mountain. Like, chillin'. You know, Red. Yeah, he's on the top of a mount, like, and, and you just go up to him, and it's like, dot, 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 and then you fight him. And he has, like, a, a really, really powerful level 87 Pikachu. What mount? Uh, it's like Mount Silver, something like that. Oh, okay, because you said Mount Chillin', and I was like, I'm 99 Yeah, he's on the top of a mount, comma, Chillin'. Okay, I was like, I'm 99% sure that's not the name of the mountain in gold silver um and actually as an aside uh a little side easter egg uh you run into red and blue in um you run into both red and blue in um pokemon uh sun and moon they're right before they're they're part of the end game content right before you go into the like battle uh, i want to say it's called like the battle plaza but that's wrong Battle sphere. It's 
No, that's also wrong. Gear battle sphere. It's the it's the area where you fight like like where you have to actually use strategy against the computer opponents. Yeah. And you can like you fight a certain amount of them and then you get like battle points and you can spend okay. them on like you could spend yeah. them on like items. It, like it's the, had different names over the different incarnations of Pokemon Battle Power. Battle Macian. That's what it's called in X and Y. I don't know what it's called in Sun and Moon. Uh, but in X and Y, it's called the Battle Macian. Um, because of French. Uh, but they're outside, and Blue talks to you. Um, but Red doesn't say anything. He's He just says the dots. Because, because uh, Red is considered canon. As the, 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 like, in the official Pokemon canon, Red yes. is the trainer who becomes the Pokemon League champion. And Blue, Blue isn't the rival, but Blue is, like, this other character who's, like, the garbage version of Red. Like, he makes it as far as Red does, barely. Like, he does the bare minimum. To, to get to where Red is, but Red is always stronger than he is. Um, so, a little, bit of, yeah. a little bit of Pokemon trivia for your day. Red is canon. So, so Black 2 is your favorite. No, em Emerald's my favorite, but I did really like Black and Black 2. Because uh, you cause you just asked what was the most recent game I played. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Emerald's my favorite, but uh, I really like Black and Black Two, partly because those were the first games where I started nicknaming Pokemon, and that made me more emotionally attached. I didn't nickname Pokemon un until those games. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's that's interesting. That would be that would be a very interesting like psycho psychology experiment. Does nicknaming Pokemon, like, does it do something in your brain that, like, makes you more attached to that, like, I would, thing that doesn't exist? Yes, but anecdotal evidence doesn't really count in situations like this. Right. Science. Doesn't care what you believe. Um, so what is your least favorite? Because you said you liked Diamond and Pearl. Least favorite? Uh, do I do I even have one? <laughs> well, okay. So what was then? Okay, and if you don't have one, what what have you? Which one do you have the least time spent in? Like the least time invested in? Not because you didn't have time or don't have time, but just because you were sort of uh, about. Like, every time you came back to it, you were just like, oh, like, better go play Pokemon. Okay, I definitely, I had the most time, I think, invested in, uh, I had, a, I, I would say about the same amount of time invested in Emerald, Pearl, and uh, Soul Silver. Although my Soul Silver game got corrupted and it deleted everything, which was really frustrating, but that was fine because I had I had moved all of my Pokemon basically from Emerald to Pearl version, because uh, that Pearl was one of the first games where I actually tried to complete the Pokedex. Um, 
So right, I remember I remember you asking me about like, oh, do you have this Pokemon? I'm like, no, I also have the Pearl version. Like, stop asking me if I have this Pokemon. Like, I don't. Uh, so I would say I think I probably have the least amount of because when growing up, I played a ton of I played through Red version multiple times because uh, it had the problem early on where the the game file would get corrupted, and I also liked doing the missing known glitch, so uh, you'd have to restart. So, so you I've, corrupt the game yourself? Yeah, so I, I played through the game at least three times, I would say, uh, and I played through Silver version uh, multiple times as well, um, you know, the original version, um, and I probably played through... I mean, I, admittedly, I have the least amount of time in Let's Go, but I'm not counting that because it's not a game that I've finished yet. Um, but I probably have the least amount of time in, in Black and Black 2, but that hmm. wasn't necessarily from disliking the games. Uh, so I, I feel I like those I, games are pretty long. Yeah, I, 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 I burned through Black version pretty quick. Um, and then I... So I, I don't think I... I think I... I kind of I had kind of mixed feelings about them. It was it was a those were games where I didn't necessarily like the game as much as I liked the Pokemon themselves, which was kind of odd. Because in all the other games that you know it was kind of a, a mix. But in, in those games I I definitely liked the I liked the teams I had more so than the the game itself. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess last thing real quick, uh, favorite Pokemon? Oh, wait, actually, I do have a least favorite Pokemon game. Pokemon Battle Revolution. Does that count? It's not a JRPG. It's the JRPG episode. That's true, but it's a Pokemon game, and I didn't, I didn't like it. (laughs) I, I, I didn't like it. Okay. Um, not a big fan of Pokemon Stadium. Pokemon Coliseum, on the other hand, is a good game. Pokemon Stadium, not so much. Wait, um, wait, wait. Let's be clear. Stadium, those were the games where you could make any team you want and fight against your friends. Sort of. Almost. Not quite. Yeah, there was, there was a limited number, and the we'll Pokemon had set moves. We'll come back to it. That's, that's, part, that's a big part of the reason is why. Uh, we'll come back to that later. We'll visit that later. Um, but favorite Pokemon. What is your favorite Pokemon, hands yeah, down? Just period. Not not because of, like, it, it's the strongest or it has the best moves or whatever, but just general, in general. Uh, I I don't have a, a favorite. I have a couple favorites. Uh, Hitmonlee, Nidorino, uh, Ariados. Uh, I think that's about it. Nidorino? I, not like Nidoqueen? Or Nidoking? Or no, no, no. Nidorino. Why Nidorino and not Nidoking? I'm just curious. Because he's, he's like spiky and small. Okay. Nidor King's too big. Nidor King's awesome because you can get a, a fully powered up Nidor King before you fight Misty. Anyway, not the point. Um, a quintessential member of your team in Pokemon Blue. Uh, my favorite, um, and I have to say this also because I'm going to be getting a tattoo of him, uh, Gengar. He's just cool. And in the new games with the animations, he bounces back and forth. I also really like Beedrill, admittedly. 
He always has that big smile. Balances back and forth. Gengar's just cool. Like, and he's a ghost Pokemon, and ghost types, especially, especially, especially in red and blue, were broken. Because nothing could hit them except psychic Pokemon. Well, not exactly. The so the the issue with uh they were broken. Not exactly. Be, the issue is that the only ghost look the only ghost Pokemon in those games were those three. It was like Gengar, Ghastly, Haunter. Uh, Ghastly, sorry, Ghastly, Haunter, 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 Gengar. And the problem was the multi-typing. Is that they were ghost poison? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And so it made. Okay. It it, negl- it made it so that the like the ghost typing specialties didn't really mean much um, at that time. Uh, so and psychic it, was four times psychic uh, moves were four times as effective. Yeah, so psychic just like did so. I would say Alakazam was almost more broken because there wasn't was, a lot. He was the most broken Pokemon in yeah. the game for sure. Yeah, in so, terms of like how strong he could become. Yeah. You could use the move Psychic and just defeat anything. Like, kind of no matter what. Yep. Um, so, I, I have nothing against Gengar, personally. They're, I still, they're still very strong. Yeah. And I think the typing made them weaker. I think if they had just been Ghost and not Ghost Poison, I think they would have been stronger. You're probably right. And in the later in the later games, when he can, when he can learn, like, cra- he learns, like, crazy TMs. Like, you can teach him Thunder. Like my uh my really strong team from Ultra or from Moon, um, originally from from Y and then from Ultra Moon. Now, uh, my my Gengar can Mega Evolve into Mega Gengar, and he knows Thunder or Thunderbolt, Sludge Wave, which is okay. the the poison that uh that attacks all other Pokemon. Or all your opponent's Pokemon. Um, Psychic and Shadow Ball. Sweet. So he's very he's very versatile. Um, him, I've I've beaten entire teams with just him and my Dragonite, and my Dragonite knows like some crazy moves as well. Um, I also was able to to. Nab a dra- Dragonite with pretty good IVs that uh, has Marvel scale, which halves the effectiveness of critical, uh, critical, or not critical moves, but um, super effective moves. Super effective moves. Yeah, it halves their effectiveness, uh, just a normal effective. Ooh, that's only nice. on the first attack, which is all I need, but only on the first attack when you're at full HP. That's that's great. So um, my my Pokemon Moon team can use the power of friendship to kill God. If I need, if I if I need to, that reminds me. Uh, I built a Rhyperior in, uh, or like raised a Rhyperior in Pearl version that knew it had moves that were super effective against basically anything because um, it it knew Megahorn, which was Bug. It knew like it was like Megahorn, Rock Slide, Earthquake, and uh, something else. Um, that were all, and like a, a fighting move, um, that all were able to Probably hit break. basically every other type. Break, break is really strong. Yeah, Break Break is really strong. Uh, I think it might have been Hammer Arm. Yeah, it was, it was Megahorn, Hammer Arm, uh, Earthquake, and uh, Rock Slide. 
Okay. Earthquake is ground and rock slide is rock. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I also built a uh, Ninja Turtles team. So uh, I have a eradicate that's um, okay. Master Splinter. I don't know what all, what all moves they know. Um, and I have four Squirtles that became Blastoises uh, for Donatello, Mar Michelangelo, um, Raphael, and Leonardo. And I have a um, I can never remember his name. He evolves from Ponard. Uh, Fish Sharp? Fish Sharp, yes. By Sharp, uh, I have a By Sharp that's uh, the Shredder. And he knows he knows only like only moves that involve slicing something. So he knows like he knows cut. Um, slash. He knows slash. I think scratch and one other one. Those are the only one. That's the only one who I can remember the moves. Um, I was really disappointed that I couldn't teach Brick Break to Eradicate. To my Eradicate, to my Master Splinter. He can't know Brick Break. But uh, but all all four of my um, all four of my my Blastoises know Brick Break. Ninja Turtles team. Super weak, but but hilarious. Theming. Um, I also really like. Because he can learn such a wide variety of moves, one day I want to make uh, a Gengar team. Like, just six Gengars that, that know, like, a, a crazy amount of moves. Yeah. Alright, well, now now this has become the Pokemon episode for the past half hour. <laughs> You've just been, just been gushing about Gengar. It's, I mean, it's a great... Okay, first of all, Gengar is a great Pokemon. But, second of all, Pokemon is the Western JRPG. Yeah. Like, like if a JRPG, JRPG, Japanese RPG, Pokemon is that in the West. So here we are. All right. Well, uh, let us know your favorite JRPG, or and or bonus points, your favorite Pokemon. Game or actual, not real, Pokemon. Uh, extra bonus points if it's Gengar. Actual creature. Extra, extra bonus points if it's, if it's Gengar. Um, in the comments on either Facebook or on our YouTube. And we'll see you guys next time on the Dr. Z Show. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Z Show. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us on Facebook or YouTube at The Dr. Z Show, through email at thedrzshow at gmail.com, or on Twitter at thedrzshow1, the one like the number. And please leave a review, if possible, on whatever listening platform you use. Thank you.